Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Box Score Bros. I am your host, Alan Barney. It's been a little while since we've done our last show, but we football season right around the corner. We need to get right back on the horse. And I thought tonight, as I ride solo, I'd cover all the sports because next week, co-host Danny Heffernan will be back on air. And we are going to be hitting football really hard, college and NFL. A lot of team previews, conference rundowns, divisional picks, all kinds of awards, predictions, things like that. So it's going to be a football-heavy show for the next couple months. But I figured tonight I'd talk about, you know, MLB. They just finished their All-Star break, and it was a, it was a heck of a show. All-Star week in Colorado. The Home Run Derby was a sight to see. Pete Alonzo, who won the Home Run Derby two years ago, uh, defended his title against cancer survivor Trey Mancini, who was a great story. Uh, there were a lot of duds, of course. Shohei Otani didn't make it out of the first round. A lot of people thought he might win it coming in as the major league home run leader, but he got knocked out in the first round by Juan Soto. But he didn't disappoint the next night as he became the first player in all-star game history to pitch and hit. He was the leadoff hitter for the American League. And he also was the starting pitcher, pitched a scoreless inning, got the win. So wasn't quite the MVP. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. did the same thing his father did 15 years ago and won the All-Star Game MVP. He had a long 468-foot home run as he led the American League to a 5-2 win. American League, they've dominated now for quite a long time in the All-Star Game. As a fan of a National League team, I hope, you know, National League steps it up here next couple years and maybe rights the ship. But for now, the American League's on top. Uh, trade deadline also coming up for Major League Baseball. No big moves yet. The Atlanta Braves did trade for Chicago Cubs outfielder Jock Peterson for a lower prospect. So not a huge move. Uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of big names that are going to be on the trade market, such as Chris Bryant. Javier Baez of the Cubs, Anthony Rizzo, they're all rumored to possibly be out the door. Trevor Story for the Colorado Rockies is another option. Trey Mancini, the big story from the home run derby for the Baltimore Orioles, he's a possibility. So there's a lot of big names that could be moved over the next couple of weeks. The trade deadline is July 30th. Or actually, no, I believe it's August 1st. Used to be July 31st, but they've changed it around. So it'll be interesting to see. And we know at the moment, a lot of things will change over the next couple of weeks. But right now, you got 22 teams who are still within uh, a, a shot at a playoff spot. Obviously, a long way to go with the remainder of July. And then you also got August and September. But seeing this many teams still in the race is a great thing for baseball with so many young stars leading the way. Unfortunately, one of the young faces of baseball, Ronald Acuna Jr., he tore his ACL uh, last Saturday, right before the All-Star break. So he's out the rest of the year and most likely the first half of 2022. But hopefully for baseball fans, he'll come back ready to go and hit the ground running. Uh, like I said, with 22 teams still involved, though, a lot of fan bases are – invested in the seeing if their team makes the playoffs 
right now the division leaders in the American League. You got the Red Sox, the White Sox, and the Astros. A lot of people probably aren't happy about the Astros because of the whole trash can cheating scandal with the cameras. And this is the first year, you know, baseball had fans back in the stadium. And some fans have let the Astros hear it, booing them at certain at the whole games when they're batting and all that. I found it a little interesting that every Astro that got put into the all-star game decided declined to go and decided not to go with Jose Altuve wanted to rehab or rest his knee injury. Carlos Correa wanted to stay home and spend time with his family, which is understandable, but I found that quite interesting that all of the Astros decided not to go for different reasons. And I would assume they would have gotten booed heavily at the all-star game, but that's either neither here nor there in the national league. You got the Mets, the Brewers and the giants at the start of today. We're leading the divisions and, uh, it's quite a surprise to see the Giants leading that division. Everybody heading into the year was talking about the Dodgers and the Padres and that huge rivalry. And they're both very good teams too. But at the moment, the Giants have the better record and the best record in the in the major leagues while they lead that division. Just a little bit of a, a opinion-based thing for me. I would like to give out my awards at the all-star break for my American league MVP. And he was the all-star game MVP, Vladimir Guerrero jr. At this pace where he's going right now with this season, he's going to be racking up a lot of awards after the season leads the, well, not quite. I'm sorry. He's second in home runs, but he's hit two tonight. So he's at 30 behind only Otani's 33. He has the best batting average in the American League, and he's just he's become the face of the Toronto Blue Jays by far. And he's like, as I said, one of the young, many young faces in baseball who are taking over the game. And everybody knows him. He's a lovable figure, being the son of a former major league all-star and Vladimir Guerrero. So it's great to see him finally putting his his skills and hype. To, and it's it's he's taken off this year. I could see him winning the MVP for the American League. My American League Cy Young is Lance Lynn of the White Sox. He's been a huge free agent addition and a big part of why they're in first place. Over in the National League, my MVP is another son of a, a major leaguer, Fernando Tatis. His dad played in the 90s and early 2000s, and Junior is just taking the world by storm too with Vlad Junior. He leads the National League in home runs with 28, and he also has 18 stolen bases as of tonight. So he is my front runner, mostly because he's the clear front runner to me with Acuna down for the year, unfortunately. But Tatis is also like Guerrero. He's proving his worth. And my Cy Young Award winner right now in the National League, and he could very well be MVP as well, and that's Jacob deGrom for the Mets. He's putting up historic numbers on the mound. His ERA was just under one, one run per nine inning, which is unheard of now in baseball, especially with the rise in offense. He's got dominant strikeout numbers. His record's not quite there. He's had a lot of bad luck in his starts, but it doesn't matter because the Mets are still in first place at the moment. And I could see DeGrom being one of those rare pitchers who wins MVP in Cy Young, although I'm not a fan of it 
it could happen. So that's my baseball spiel. Uh, everybody knows the NBA finals are in full swing at the moment. Um, the Suns and the Bucks. I, I would like to say that I think I called the Suns a while back on the show saying they would one of my picks to make it to the finals led by future Hall of Fame point guard Chris Paul. And here they are. They're in the finals with the Milwaukee Bucks led by their reigning MVP, Giannis, Greek, the Greek freak. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I thought the Suns had it in the bag. Suns in four, like that fan said in that legendary video when the Suns won games one and two, I thought the Bucks were done for. But Giannis leading the way is really fought, led the Bucks back with their – their key players, you know, Chris Middleton stepping up, Drew Holiday, Bobby Portis has been a great role player. And now we got a tie series at 2-2 with game five coming up, I believe, tomorrow. I would have said, like I said before, the Suns had that had it in the bag, but I honestly think the Bucks have all the momentum right now. I don't think they'll win four in a row, but this series I think will go seven games, and I see the Bucks winning in seven and it will be kind of it'll obviously becoming full circle for Giannis because he was relatively unknown coming into the league even though he was a first round pick a lot of people didn't know about him even though he was an international star in Greece and it took him some time obviously everybody knows how he used to look with his big his big frame it wasn't so big four or five years ago but he put in the work got to where he needed to be and his front office got him players supporting cast with Middleton and holiday and Portis and Brooke Lopez and some other guys. And they got a really good team out there in Milwaukee and Giannis, you know, he took a lot of flack for how the bucks did in the playoffs last year and how they were knocked out, even though that bubble playoff thing was kind of a, this is a whole weird situation. A lot of things that happened in that bubble that shouldn't have happened, such as the heat getting to the finals, or I honestly don't think the Lakers would have won if it was a normal year, but that's, that's for another day. Um, but the Giannis and the Bucks, they kind of, they weren't the top team in the East all year. The Nets usually held that spot or the Sixers. The Bucks were just kind of lying in the weeds in the top three or four spots. A lot of people were wondering if this was going to be the year they can do it or if Giannis was overrated. There is a lot of heat coming their way, and they've made it to where they're two wins away from an NBA championship, and I think they will do it, although I would love to see the Suns do it. I just don't think they're going to be able to stop Giannis and his his uh, what are so-called band members. So that'll be interesting. you got the Olympics coming up. And the U.S. team not looking good right now. They've lost a lot of, I know, exhibition matches against Argentina and Nigeria. And then, of course, uh, just today, Bradley Beal and Kevin Love. Well, not they both have left the team over the past couple days. And they've been replaced by Keldon Johnson of the Spurs and free agent JaVale McGee. Obviously, most people will take Beal and Love over those two guys. Not a knock on Johnson and McGee, but that does hurt the depth of the U.S. team. They still got a squad, though, with Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, and Jason Tatum, but there's a lot more parity in international basketball now, and I don't think 
the Americans are for sure going to win the gold. I mean, there's a lot of people saying the way they're looking, they're not even going to get into the medals. So I think they'll at least win a silver, but if it's not going to be an easy run for them to win the gold. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in Tokyo. Once the Olympics do kick off, hopefully they still do. Um, like I was talking about before, uh, we're going to be hitting football for the next, I would say, couple months. Obviously, it's about to be football season, college and NFL. Hopefully, COVID doesn't get out of hand and doesn't ruin football season. But a lot of news, obviously, in college, the NIL deal, name, image, likeness. Now players can make money off of it, especially, and it's going to be huge in football. We've already seen hundreds of players take advantage of it with deals with companies or starting their own thing. De'Eric King, the Miami Hurricanes starting quarterback, for instance, created his own website, got his own thing going with other Florida players where guys can make money with each other. So he seems to be the face of it, the face of the NIL right now in college. There's a lot of other players obviously landing big deals such as Bo Nix and Gervon Dexter. So it'll be interesting to see if that will affect recruiting in the future. Everybody has their two cents and are saying that it will and that the team, the schools who have more money from boosters and more money being donated to them, they're going to be at an advantage. But you got to think about these guys and their mindsets. They all want to be the star of the team and they want to mostly want to bring in the, the most deal, biggest deals with this NIL. So you got to think of a guy, maybe instead of going to Alabama or an Ohio state, maybe they'll go to a smaller, not so, not just per se a smaller school, but a smaller school on the football map, such as maybe in a big city like Illinois, they're smack dab in Chicago, which is a huge city, obviously. And there's going to be a lot of money coming those players way, especially if they're stars. So that's a perfect example or, Somebody might go to Boston College because Boston's right down the road. Get a lot of money from that. USC, or not UC, USC, UCLA, because they're in Los Angeles. That's a prime spot to make money from this deal. So hopefully this doesn't, the NIL deal doesn't kill recruiting and make it even more of a Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson show. We'll cross our fingers that they don't get even more of an advantage and then what they already seem to have. And hopefully everybody takes advantage of it. Hopefully these guys make money, do it the right way. You know, they're not just putting their bodies on the line for nothing. Even though they are getting scholarships and an education from these colleges, it's good to finally see them, all of them, be able to make money. Because, I mean, we can't all be blind to the fact that some of these guys have been getting paid over the years under the table. And... It will, it'll be interesting to see because you also got to think about the, the dynamic of team teammates. If a guy is making more than a, another guy on their team, will they feel some type of way about it? So there's a lot of, a lot of aspects to think about with this NIL deal. And then you got, there's gonna be a lot of great early non-conference games just to turn the page from there in college football, obviously week one, you got two huge neutral site games with the Miami Hurricanes and the Alabama Crimson Tide. A lot of people on paper would say Alabama, they're a huge favorite, but 
I the Canes have a lot of team speed and talent. And I'm not going to say they're going to beat Bama, but they definitely will give them a good game that probably will be close all four quarters. I think Alabama will eventually pull away, win by about 10 or 14 in the fourth. So Miami fans, keep your keep your heads up. That should be a good game. At least I hope it will be. Derek King, I would think, will be ready to go, according to the reports, after he tore his ACL in the bowl game in December. And we'll just be praying that he's ready to go. Uh, the other huge game, probably even bigger, honestly, on the map in college football week one, Georgia and Clemson. Huge ACC-SEC battle. But according to most predictions, both of these teams will be in the top five to start the year, even though Clemson got to replace a ton, of course, with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Leaving on Georgia's side, they lost some uh, key pieces on the defense, but JT Daniels is back at quarterback. It's going to be a huge matchup. I can't wait to see that one. Some other big games in the first couple weeks, non-conference, Ohio State and Oregon in the horseshoe. This will be a big litmus test for the Pac-12, especially Oregon. They've kind of taken on the role of face of the Pac-12 over the past few years, even though they aren't the last team to make the playoffs from the Pac-12. Washington actually was, but this will be a big test for Oregon and to see where they're at. Ohio State, for them, it will be huge. They're breaking in a new starting quarterback, whoever that may be. He's got weapons, but it's going to be a tough game for him, even though it's at his house, whoever that quarterback may be. You also got Auburn and Penn State, Big Ten versus SEC. Auburn and Penn State have never played in a regular season game, and Bo Nix will be leading his team in the Happy Valley. Auburn, obviously a new new regime taking over with Gus Malzahn out the door. This will be a make-it-or-break-it year, I think, for James Franklin at Penn State. There's been rumors about him jumping to the NFL, so that'll be a huge game. Two weeks after that, you got Notre Dame and Wisconsin. These teams used to play regularly, but they haven't so much now that Notre Dame's on their own thing with independence and all that, but should be a good game. It'll be at Wisconsin. Notre Dame's got a new quarterback taking over this year. This is, I believe this game's in week four or five, so by then they, they should have a good grasp of the college game if it's a new starter, especially a freshman. But this will that'll be a big game for Notre Dame and their their reputation their playoff reputation this season because the knock on them obviously is their schedule and they don't play enough difficult games and they're not in a conference and this will be like i as i'd hate to use the phrase again a litmus test to see where notre dame really is in the playoff race over on the nfl side a lot of big news there well i'm sorry not a lot of big news but a lot of rumors going around about the Aaron Rodgers thing. This situation just won't die. Rodgers was in the the golf match recently, and he, according to people around him, said he's going to figure it out in a few weeks. Former team, former teammate AJ Hawk spent a week with Rodgers, and even Hawk said he still doesn't know what's going to happen, but. He did say that it was more than likely he's going to be back with Green Bay this year and playing. So nobody truly knows. Aaron Rodgers is probably the only person that knows what's going to happen. 
and he probably isn't even totally sure yet about what he's going to do. I don't think he's going to hold out. I don't think that's going to happen for him. I do think he will come around to the idea of playing. He might show up late to training camp, which starts July 27th, which is in 11 days. How happy he will be there, we don't know. Will it affect the team? Will he be in the game? I would assume if Rodgers is going, he's going to be all in. And it's more about seeing if he if it convinces his teammates he's ready to go. So that's going to be the big story taking over the Packers training camp. Will Jordan Love get his chance to play? We don't know yet. Uh, another interesting quarterback situation is in New England, Cam Newton. He said he's ready to go full bore and improve that last year was just an aberration. Uh, the, the Patriots, they drafted Mac Jones at 15 overall in the draft to maybe put some heat on Cam Newton. And if Newton's not performing, maybe we'll see Jones take over the starting role. I do think Newton's going to be the starter heading into the season, but he might have a really short leash, maybe by week three or four, if it's not working out. Um, but really, there's a lot of just odd stuff going on with New England there. They're going through, I think, they're going through a culture change right now because for the first time in God knows how long we saw a player request a trade out of New England, wide receiver and Keel Harry. And usually before you wouldn't see this. You wouldn't see anybody testing the leadership, specifically Bill Belichick, with this type of thing. But I think this is mostly because of Tom Brady leaving most guys when they come in when they came into New England they wanted to play with Tom Brady because they wanted to win a championship Brady's a great leader so they didn't want to do anything to mess that up at least most of the people um but now with Brady gone you see guys such as Harry here questioning Belichick and and now Belichick, he can't quite play hardball anymore like he used to. He's kind of got to ease up on what he's doing. He's got the – he obviously has the rings. We get it. But as we saw last year, that might not have been all him. And a big part of it was Tom Brady. We'll see what happens, though, with maybe a better Cam Newton or if Mac Jones takes over. But that's going to be something for everybody to keep an eye on is that culture change and will it – continue this year and is there a possibility another year or two of seven and nine or six and ten where bill belichick's out the door in new england and that would feed into the narrative that more and more people are saying well that was it was more tom brady than bill belichick i think it was 50 50 but you never know and on and Honestly, I think more people wanted to play for Brady than Belichick. We've heard we've heard all kinds of stories about Belichick running a boot camp style up there and not not enjoying football when they played there, especially Rob Gronkowski. So who knows? Who knows what we'll see out of the Patriots this year? A lot of their big names on defense who opted out last season because of COVID are back. So that that will definitely help the defense. And speaking of Tom Brady. Uh, to finish off the show, how about the story about finding out Brady played on a torn MCL in the Super Bowl? I don't recall if it was the playoff run or just the Super Bowl, but that just adds on to his GOAT status because Brady already, everybody knows, seven Super Bowls. It's crazy to think, you know, that anybody, one guy can do this, and then he's doing it on a 
a rather serious injury, a torn MCL. Most guys would not play through that. So kudos to Brady. I hate to say it, but he's still the GOAT for the moment. He will be for a very long time. Maybe Patrick Mahomes will break some of his records, although uh, the Chiefs need to improve their offensive line. But that's something we will hit on. And over the next few shows, we're going to get into division previews, hand out some predictions for awards. We'll notice some trends early on here in training camp. We'll get into college, make our predictions there for conference champions, maybe our four playoff teams, talk about the impact of a impact of a possible expanded playoff. So a lot of football related stuff will of course touch on how the NBA finals finishes up and then the playoff run for baseball. And so, yeah, we got a lot of big things coming up. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I can't wait to do the next one. And I hope everybody has a safe weekend. Peace out.